I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, one two. two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm here again with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson and one of our favorite guests. I'll let Vicki introduce you to her. Hi, Patty. Good to be here. And we are so grateful that we once again have criminologist Judy Christman Yates. As you know, Judy writes a wonderful financial exploitation newsletter, which comes out once a month, always chock full of very, very important information. I asked her to come here today and talk to us about hacking. Because we throw that word around a lot and we, we talk about what happens if you get hacked. But I wanted her to give us some more detail specifically to talk about how do we know if we've been hacked. So welcome, Judy. So good to see you again. And let's start out with this question. Would you tell our audience what hacking means? Well, it's great to be on Scam Squad. So what is hacking? Hacking is really simple. It's just gaining unauthorized access to data in a system or a computer. It's just as simple as that. Is it illegal? I'm assuming it must be. Well, you would think so, but not always. Companies actually pay people to go in and hack a computer. Back in the 60s, hacking, when hacking started, a lot of the universities had the mainframes. The students would have to sign up for an hour or two at a time, and then they would take their software and they'd put it in the drawer. And then the next person that had time allotted would come in and build on that. So they would actually build on that software. Well, things started to happen. The university started locking things down. So these people would actually climb through the air conditioning ducts. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And a lot of times they would do good things. Sometimes they would do malicious things. So the key to what we're talking about is malicious hacking. And that's when they're attempting to cause harm. How do they do that? How can a scammer, for example, take over or hack your computer? So many ways. It's really surprising. Either they're technical or it's social engineering. And we'll talk about all of that. For example, they can have viruses and malware and get that onto your computer. And we'll talk about how you can get it onto somebody's computer. If a virus is on your computer, it can spread and you won't even notice that they're there. Some of the damage, they can have a Trojan horse And a Trojan horse might be in the form of an email. One of the ways it can get there is you might be looking at pictures of celebrities online, and you don't know that there's a Trojan horse in that. And if you click on it, it's possible that it could download this Trojan horse under your computer, and it can take over your computer and do all kinds of things. You can download programs from websites that have malicious software in it. You can get them from opening documents. One of your friends might send you an attachment, an EXE, an executive file, or some cute photo or something, and you might open it. And it's possible if there's a Trojan horse in there. Is this similar to an advertisement that says, see how these stars have aged? And oftentimes, I want to see how that star aged. And so I will click on it. Usually, you have to go through like 10 pages to find the particular one that you wanted to see. Is that possibly a dangerous activity? It is, because you really don't know where you're going. So it may be. One of the things that I do, because I too want to see them age, (laughs) if I see that, then I go to my search engine on my computer or a different phone or whatever, 
And I type in the name of that person mm-hmm. and go current images and have them show oh. up. So I don't go directly to that link. Whenever you see something on internet, texting, email, whatever it is, you know, has some interest to you, don't click on it. Go put it in a search engine and go a separate way, not the way they tell you to go. Now, if it is from a legitimate website, they can be hacked, but typically you're safe there. And by having software that scans, and we'll talk about that in a minute, you can also prevent a lot of what's going on. But just always be careful about what you're clicking on. I I like to see how they age. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good information because I had no idea. And sometimes I do that too. So I think, oh, that looks kind of interesting. Maybe I'll Mm -hmm. go down that road and see what I find out. I've got a few spare minutes. Did not know I was in danger of getting hacked when I did that. The scammers know us. They know what we're interested in. So they Mm -hmm. take things that are legitimate and then they use them to get our personal information or take us to sites that we don't want to go to. It's that tomfoolery that's going on. It's really sad, but you have to be very, very, very careful. So now if we go back to the viruses, one of the things that can happen if a virus is on your computer is somebody could have access to your computer. And one of the things I want everybody to do is make sure that their camera is covered on their computer. It should be on the top if you have a newer one. And either take masking tape or they do have these little gadgets that you can stick on over your camera lens and then it slides back and forth. And the reason you need to have that on there is you keep your camera closed all the time unless you know that you're on something and you want to be videoed. Because it's really amazing. I have people who have been scammed, who've allowed access to their computer, whatever it happens to be, and they don't know that they are being viewed. If somebody takes over control of your computer, you don't know that. So they can watch you. They can look at your surroundings, see what you have, depending where your computer happens to be. You may not want to be in the type of clothing that you want to be photographed, but the scammer can actually use that against you in a lot of different forms, whether it's extortion or whatever it happens to be. But a post-it note, a piece of tape, something over. And so like I put it over that, boom, you can't see me. So for this particular segment, you go, Judy, where are you? Oh, oh, okay. Let me take the cover off my camera. So just beware. That's something that's simple, it's cheap, and it can save you a whole lot of problems. So be very, very careful. Other than being able to secretly monitor you, some of the viruses, uh, they can scan for your private information, they can get your passwords, they can get your email. Remember the scams where one of your friends got something from you and said, oh, gee, I'm in this foreign country and I've fallen and I'm in the hospital and I need money. Well, probably what happened is they may have opened an executive file or something like that, gotten a virus, and they passed it on to you. The scammer got all of their contacts, and now they're looking like you, and you respond and hopefully not send the money. If you get that scam, make sure you call your friend on a phone and say, you know, are you really in this country? Do you really need money? So, you know, be very, very careful. Also, viruses can have unwanted advertising on your screen. And they can look like you and host different websites that, you know, you have not authorized. So, you know, you need to be really careful. Also, a virus can turn off your security defenses. So, it can go in and turn off all your scanning features, 
Well, your computer doesn't know that you didn't do that. And it didn't warn you because it thinks that you turned that off, but no, a virus did. So you have to be very careful in that regard. Another way that they can get to you is Wi-Fi eavesdropping. And you've always heard that if you go to an internet cafe, you need to be very careful because if it doesn't have a strong security, anybody in that vicinity can get access to your computer and whatever you happen to have on it. But it's not just public places like the library or wherever it is you happen to be. It's at home. So we all have these Wi-Fi networks. They come with default passwords, which anybody can get access to, or at least it's not hard to get access to them. Once that's set up in your home, you need to have a very strong password and change it regularly, whatever it is that you need to do. Because in this day and age, you have things like Ring Central, which is really an awesome thing that you can have a doorbell on your front door and it has a camera and it uses your internet. Did you know that if you don't have strong passwords, that your neighbors can use your camera, they can use your internet service, they Mm -hmm. can control your lights, whatever it is that you're giving them access to. So the eavesdropping is very, very concerning, and it can be protected with the password. So how do you know? Are there any signs that might tell you that a scammer has taken over your computer? In other words, that you have been hacked? How would you know? Well, actually, there's a few things that you can do. And right before we go to that, I'm going to tell you about a couple more things. Okay. And then we will go into what you can do to protect yourself or what you do when you see something strange. Let's go on to ransomware. So ransomware copies your personal files or photos. You get this thing that it's kind of like extortion. You have to pay this amount, send Bitcoin or gift cards or whatever it is. And I can tell you that anybody that's asking you for Bitcoin or gift cards is 100% always a scam because it's really hard to track that, almost impossible. And in my experience in working with law enforcement is you are a willing victim. If you want to send them that money, you can do that. They have other crimes that they need to be handling. So be very, very careful. Another one is scareware. Scareware goes onto your computer, malware. So you'll get these things that come up. Your screen goes to all different kinds of colors and maybe sounds come on and it scares the heck out of you Mm -hmm. and says, click here, we can help you or we're going to upgrade your system or whatever it is that you're going to do. So it's scareware. And the last topic before we get on to what to do about it is social engineering. So social engineering is not technical. This is just a matter of people using their people skills to get information out of you, whether it's on an email, a telephone, a message, handwritten snail mail, whatever it happens to be. So they try to charm you. Sometimes they try to intimidate you. Usually intimidation comes last to be a scammer. You need to be pleasant, at least to start, until you get something you want. Then if that doesn't work, a lot of times they go to threats and that type of thing. So that's the list of how they might get access to your computer. Okay. And how would you know that they're there? Well, if you get a ransom message that shows up in your computer, bingo, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these things are really obvious. If you get a fake antivirus message, you're not going to know if it's fake or not. So it's what I described earlier. If you get a message that tells you to take an action, especially if it tells you to do it quickly, whenever there's something going on that's quick, they're trying to disarm you. 
So don't give them power. Don't react. Don't click all over the place. Just take a deep breath. Look and see what it is. If you don't know what it is, you close down your computer. Think about it. You don't have to react immediately. Believe me, if it's a scammer, they're going to get back to you. (laughs) They're not going to let you go. All of our computers, we have all of these little icons, little pictures up there. Sometimes they have a term that tells you what it is. Sometimes they don't. But when you get software, whatever it happens to be, whether you're on a Mac or a PC, get to know what you have on your computer. You know, we all need a computer these days, so it seems. So get familiar with it. And when anything is different and anything shows up and you go, hmm, what is that? You need to be really concerned and you need to go to a separate search engine and just ask about that type of icon or whatever it happens to be. If your internet searches are redirected, you may or may not know in that particular case. That's just one more strange thing that happens to go on. It turns out that your internet searches, you can go on and set what it is that you want to come up, like Google, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, whatever it happens to be. But if things show up that are not normally there, then you need to be really concerned. Also, if you have pop-ups, random pop-ups, so you're just, usually you're looking for things online and all these things pop up and get in your way, take up your time and energy. Sometimes I just slide my screen over so I don't have to watch all this activity over here, but it's there to get your attention. Sometimes those can have viruses in them, or they may say, oh, you've won this computer click here and you have 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it is, there's your time thing. That's a clue. They're trying to make you act quickly. That is a red flag. Be very, very careful. If your password's not working, that's another indicator. Close down your computer and we'll talk about what you need to do next. So if you see unexpected things installed on your computer, one more thing, it doesn't look right. So don't click on it. You can go to a search engine and check out the name of it that happens to show up. Um, If your mouse is moving or the cursor is moving and you're not touching it, you're not doing anything. Oh, gee, that's a red flag. (laughs) That's a bad sign. I have a question about the pop-ups, Judy. There are a few sites that I go to regularly that pop-ups come up. Some of them are kind of shady pop-ups, to tell you the truth. I don't click on them, but am I in danger just because they've popped up? Or does it only hurt if I actually click on them? You need to take an action on those. Depending what software you have on there, whether you have Safari, Microsoft, whatever it happens to be, uh, you can go in and say that you don't want certain type of pop-ups from certain sites. I mean, you do have some security features, and that's something that I really recommend. Everybody needs to go into their preferences and just open up your security and look and see what's there. You would be surprised what is there, and it's changing all the time. So you need to periodically take a look at that and set things for cookies. So that's tracking your ads and that type of thing. There are ways to clear things. Stay familiar with what it is that you're using. It's not just enough to go and click through things anymore. You need to just get comfortable with what happens to be there. Random clicking is really a problem. That's one of our big problems. That and answering phone calls that we don't know who it's from. That's another big problem. I wish people would just not answer that. They just can't control themselves. It's really (laughs) that they need to answer it. So if you see that your task manager or your registry editor, see, those are things that most users wouldn't know anything about. Sometimes those are disabled because the virus or whatever it is will go in the malware and it'll disarm it. But 
You don't have to remember those words because I'm going to tell you how to deal with that. For heaven's sakes, if you have money missing out of your account, it could be that you have given information away from your computer. Password dump is when there's a data breach someplace. So, for example, a long time ago, LinkedIn had a password dump. Hackers got in there and they downloaded everybody's password. So, out of the clear blue, you see your LinkedIn name and old password could be old one. Hopefully, you changed it. So, you recognize it's an old one. And they got it from a data breach is how they got that from some other company. So, but it could affect you in the long run. If it just doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. So go do your homework and find out what that's all about. So what do you recommend doing if you think you've been hacked? Bottom line, install virus or malware software. And if you don't know how to do that, make sure that you have uh, somebody that you have checked out. You want to have current software on your computer or the hardware so that you can prevent these things from getting on your computers. Now, it's said that Apple, that Macintoshes, for example, don't have as many problems in this regard with hackers, with breaches, but the fact is they still can be compromised. If it exists, it can be compromised. So whatever system you have, you need to have the current software, you need to have all the updates. My son just hates to do updates because it changes things and he just doesn't want to have to relearn all that stuff. Bottom line, most updates include patches, software patches to fix one more security problem. The companies don't know there are these problems until they're reported. So make sure that you have a software security and that you know what you've got in your system. Use strong passwords and definitely have strong passwords on your network. A lot of times we forget about that. If you have a modem, usually the modem password is printed. The default is now printed on it. It used to be you could look it up on a search engine. I'm not sure if you can still do that. Probably so. It sounds like the bottom line is get good malware installed for starters. I mean, take some prophylactic preventative steps. I don't have any of the sophistication to go into my computer and figure out how to do anything pretty much. So what I would probably do is just shut my computer down, take it to a technician that I know is a good, trusted technician and say, I've been hacked, please fix this. When you have a new phone, a new computer, you know, whatever it is that you have, you need to have a fix-it person. You need to have a company or person. And I prefer companies that do not want to sell me anything. Yeah. But a lot of the places that do sell things are reputable. Do your homework. Talk to a friend. Talk to other people. Go on your search engine once you find it and go pros and cons or put their name in. Go to Better Business Bureau. Check them out. But know this in advance of you having a problem. Because when you have a problem, your mind just, it's like an explosion. And it's just really hard to make good, positive decisions. And what you're going to do is exactly that, Vicki, is close your computer. Don't click on things. If they're forcing you to take an action, it's... Shut it down. It's just shut it down. Shut it down, unplug it, close the lid. And I know that Dayton often recommends, go to Best Buy, that they have good technicians there. So I think we're going to end it there. 
I want to thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about hacking. It's really something we all have to be aware of and we have to know what to do if we see signs, the ones you've described, that we have been hacked. Great information. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, that was very, very interesting. So I don't know, Vicki, do we have time for your good news today? As you know, I've talked often about romance scams. They can be very dangerous, both psychologically for the victim and in terms of how much money the victims typically use. They're one of the biggest sources of revenues for scammers, the romance scams. So this came from Department of Justice. Maryland man pleads guilty to financial scams using online dating sites. The reason this caught my eye is usually these fraudsters are doing this from countries like Nigeria or India or Jamaica. We have no way of finding them and shutting them down unless the FBI gets involved. But in this case, we actually found a guy. He was using online dating sites, establishing relationships with people pretending to be a Marine, and get this, a Marine who's the son whose mother had died. So really appealing to, I know. And he would say he was going to marry each victim, buy a house with them, raise his son with them, have children with them. And then, of course, he had very pressing financial needs, some things to do with a car, legal health problems. They estimated that he got about $276,000 from at least eight women who he had scammed residing in several different states were able to find him. They were able to arrest him and he is going to be prosecuted. So yay. Yay. (laughs) We finally got one here locally. That's good to hear. Thank you so much. Look forward to hearing what you have to tell us next week, Vicki. Take care. Thanks, Patty. Bye-bye. Bye.